This is the third and thirty podcast, a coach's podcast, where we believe opportunity is everything. My name is Coach Praveen Pagada, and I'm joined alongside Coach Jason Chaddock, and we are super excited to be back in the studio with y'all with a brand new edition of the third and thirty podcast, brand new guests, brand new ideas, motivations, drives, what have you. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel. Brand new YouTube channel where all of our interviews from now on will be posted on there. So you can now put a face to the name. Check out our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at the third at third and thirty podcast. Um, be sure to check all that out. Those a follow. Those a review. You know, tell your friends about us. This is important stuff we're talking about here. This is no joke. Super excited, like I said, to be back in the studio. It's uh, always feels like. It's a good amount of time to wait every other week. At the same time, it feels like a drag not having another guy, another coach, another in, in leader, another inspirer to uh, talk to. And uh, here we are again, just in just in time when it started getting a little slow for myself. And here I go, with a brand new guest again. And and as usual, very happy to have my co-host, Coach Jason Chaddock, all the way out there in Ohio, uh, doing his thing. Coach, good to have you back on the show. How you doing today? Coach, I'm good. You know, it's it's neat to reminisce where we were a year ago at this time. And not only is a society, you and I trying to put a podcast together. Right. And, you know, reminisce to that. Then all of a sudden you get to now. And we are several shows into a new year and yet still have never been in a studio together. I don't, know if we're even pl- I don't know if we're even planning on it at this point. <laughs> well, yeah. At this point, the only way we'll probably be together is if we're doing a special event. That's right. <laughs> and that's okay. Right. It works. We're, we're showing people that there's different ways to do business. Absolutely. There is. It, it's not just the old mom and pop meet face-to-face, shake a hand, and sit down in a room and get the thing done. It is It is a multitude of, of ways now that we can get things accomplished. And I just hope that uh, people continue to learn these messages and to learn from, from the environment that we're creating uh, what I define as a learning environment. And this guest today, coach Edwards, I am so excited to have him on because he is going to take us down a different pathway. He is going to take us through something called analytics and I have a lot of questions. I know I do. And I know our audience does. And I also want to know how can I get analytics into my life? And how does that work in my workplace? And, and I think we're going to learn a lot today from, from Coach Edwards. And uh, Coach P, I'm excited to always be on here with you. The lessons we get to learn, the feedback we get from followers and friends and fellow coaches, it, the feedback continues to be great. And everyone has a lot of uh, good background to add in and questions that they ask us. And I love it. I love the interaction. So guys, keep the interaction coming. Let's keep having good conversations and let's keep learning and growing. Coach, I'm ready to go. You know, I love how you mentioned there's no longer one way of doing things, coach. It's no longer just this way, my way or the highway. It just doesn't work that way anymore. And I think in some ways, as a, as a younger person, I, I consider myself old-fashioned in, in a lot of ways, but I understand that adaptation is a part of life, and not only is it a part of life, it's it's important in life to be able to adapt, and I think Coach Edwards really gives us a, 
strong message about adaptation in, in a lot of different ways. First of all, in analytics and in life, um, where, where you have to adapt in life. And analytics, what a big word. What a popular word these days, coach. My goodness. I mean, I feel like in every game I'm watching, they call baseball the statistical sport, right? They call that one the big-time analytical sport. But no lie, this is in every single sport nowadays. Analytics, statistics, how important they are, how they affect the outcome, the decision-making, the challenges, the opportunities that, that come from numbers. And Coach, I'll take it beyond that. I can tell you in my work environment, we were, we were literally uh, auctioning off some cardio equipment. And instantly, the public will ask, well, why are you getting rid of it? <laughs> that, that was my favorite machine. Yeah, I know. You've been riding it for 18 years. I know it's your favorite machine, <laughs> and it's no longer functioning the way it's supposed to. And I had to dive into the analytics of that. And, and literally, okay, here's the statistics on why we're getting rid of this and why we're getting something to replace it that's, that's going to be uh, more beneficial to us. See, I'm with you, man. This is it's big time, and and yeah, and it doesn't seem like it's a popular thing in college football yet. Maybe it's getting there, as Coach Edwards will describe he, he as, as a college coach. But wow, well, I mean, what a conversation it was! Inspiring one, driven one. Having Coach Edwards, I have a personal emotional attachment to uh, the University of Virginia. So I, I was super excited to have Coach Edwards on. And and uh, let's let's waste no more time and bring on our next guest, Coach Matthew Edwards of the University of Virginia. Joining us now on the 3rd and 30 podcast, we're very happy to welcome Director of Football Analytics at the University of Virginia, Coach Matthew Edwards. Coach Edwards, thank you so much for joining. I got to tell you, my dad moved to this country in 1989 uh, from India, and his first job in this country was at the University of Virginia. So super excited to have you on because I've always had a special, I've always been a fan from UVA from afar. This was before I was born, but super excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really excited. You know what we'd like to do with our guests and it, it, you know, we want to find out more about you and uh, kind of have you tell us a little bit about your journey on, on life and where you are now and coaching college football. So if you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up at the University of Virginia. Okay, sorry. I think my internet cut out there for a little bit. Um, so I am um, Matthew Edwards. Uh, like you said, I played football at BYU, grew up in Utah, was a huge BYU fan. My grandpa coached there for 40 years. And um, so it was kind of around the, the program from when I was a, a little kid. So grew up huge BYU fan, got a chance to walk on there and had a great experience, um, played tight end, uh, played in just, you know, a few games, but I did have one catch and it was for nine yards and a touchdown. So one catch, <laughs> one touchdown. I think that's a pretty good ratio there. I like the I like the uh, average uh, there. But <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I think any receiver out there would kill for something like that. Uh, but had a you know great opportunity to to be on the team there and and loved it. Once I was on the team, I knew, knew that I wanted to do something in football. Um, you know, thought that my initial path would be through coaching you know like I said my grandpa had coached and so kind of started 
moving down that path was a graduate assistant at BYU after I finished and then took a job coaching at a school out here in Virginia called Southern Virginia University. Um, coached there for two seasons and then Coach Hall had an opening for an analyst job at, at UVA and in an effort to kind of set myself apart from other people who were applying for the job, I kind of pitched the idea of making it an analytics focused role instead of just, you know, kind of a, a typical analyst who's, you know, getting film ready and, you know, whatever else. But, um, you know, I majored in math at BYU and, and had a background in math and statistics and um, was able to show coach that, you know, I, I could bring kind of a, a unique skill set to the role and uh, was able to join him and have been here for the last four seasons. And it's been awesome. I've loved it and love the University of Virginia. You know, coach, yeah, through through all those years of being a part of football and and going through di- you know different programs and this, that and the other, I'm sure this year or last year um, currently has been probably more difficult than any other time coaching football. Um, we want to talk about, you know, obviously COVID-19. And I want to ask you how that's altered so many different things this year and what effect it's had on coaches, players, recruiting. And, you know, what have you kind of learned from this? And if anything, what have you taken out of this that you're kind of excited about moving forward? Yeah, I think that, you know, like you mentioned, games, recruiting, you know, almost every aspect of our program has been affected in one way or another by COVID. You know, students are not in classes, so their academic requirements and everything has been switched around. Um, So I think one thing that we've noticed is the importance and ability to react to changing conditions has been huge. Um, You know, no longer are you able to just kind of go off of what has happened or worked in the past, you've got to be able to adapt and, um, you know, react to changing circumstances. So, you know, we've had to change everything, you know, our meetings, we can no longer meet inside. So we all met in our indoor practice facility, everybody kind of spread out, everybody all in there together. So we talked about how we would be able to actually utilize that and make it, you know, an, an advantage instead of a you know, disadvantage. And so we had more opportunities to kind of like interact between groups and, you know, have a higher cohesive unit as we were meeting and learning for our position meetings. Um, You know, recruiting is totally different. You know, it's been dead period and nobody's been allowed on campuses and coaches can't go out to visit. And so, you know, we've had to utilize, you know, Zoom and virtual tours and, and everything like that. And so, I think the important thing that we've noticed is, like I mentioned already, just the ability to change and look at like the changing times and the adapting circumstances and be willing to adjust what your plan is and has been and um, being able to kind of roll with the punches. Coach, I'm curious to know, um, we had <clears throat> we had uh, Coach Davis on a couple of weeks back and he was also talking about the virtual tours from your perspective, is the virtual tour something where you're still taking the athletes around virtually, whether it's, you know, FaceTime, Zoom or something like that? Or is it more of a video of here's a video tour of our campus that they kind of watch with you and you're showing that on the screen? 
and then maybe there's a couple key points you're doing from your phone or your iPad? How's that work? Yeah, we've done both. Um, you know, we have a set of videos that we can use in re- in recruiting. So videos that talk about academics and videos that talk about our facilities and tour of grounds and all of these things that are kind of good intro videos and, you know, can show a certain level of things. But then at the same time, you know, we've had coaches take a phone or an iPad or whatever over to the stadium and and walked Mm -hmm. recruits through, Hey, this is, this is our stadium. This is what your locker would look like and giving it kind of a more personalized touch. And so we've utilized a little bit of both for sure. Is there a certain wow factor you guys have, have gone to? I know, I know from coaching the high school kids now, they love to go into the facility and go to the photo op spot where they can put on a Jersey and you can't do that now. So what's the new wow factor with virtual? You know, I think that it really just depends on the kid. You know, I think a lot of kids that like you're talking about that gear experience is, you know, something that everybody loves. And so that aspect is definitely gone, but, you know, utilizing relationships is, is key. So, you know, I know this recruit, you know, so-and-so who's really into, you know, whatever it might be now, what can I do to help him have that experience to build that better connection? Um, And so, you know, a lot of it is personal connections, Mm -hmm. but um, you know, I think every, everybody's used to doing things virtually. And so we really try to, create pretty, you know, kind of like you're saying that wow factor, but like pretty moving and, you know, awesome recruiting tools, even the, you know, non-personalized ones, kind of the generic Mm -hmm. ones that we would use that would have that kind of wow factor. So just looking at different opportunities. And I bet it means something to those athletes right now, because you almost have to build more relationship now than ever before, because I can't just take you to the stadium and wow you with all the alternate gear we've got. Yeah. You know, places like University of Oregon that has all that gear, you know, that, that probably is hurting them a little bit more now than, than yeah. the University of Virginia. Um, and so, you know, like just in anything, right. Even when it was no restrictions, people were coming on grounds, every school is different. Every school has different pros and cons. And so, you work to what your, you know, what your strengths are and try and, you know, find people that want that. And that would resonate, that, that, that resonates with. And so, yeah, working with, you know, what your resources are is huge. Yeah. No, that sounds awesome. I I almost wish I was a kid getting recruited right now. So I can see all (laughs) the cool videos. Uh, Uh, I know. uh, Coach Edwards, we want to, we want to go back to the pathway of the uh, day-to-day work that you do. This is a unique experience for us because I know uh, whether I was at Pooter High School with Coach P, uh, we had a l- little bit of analytics that went into things. I'm currently at Nordonia High School in the uh, Cleveland area, uh, Northeastern Ohio, and we have a lot of analytics we put into play. And what I really want to dive into is this role of the director of football analytics and learn a little bit more about what is your role and that kind of the daily responsibilities. And then what does a game day look like? I'm really curious about that. 
Okay. Yeah. So my role is not that common across, you know, college football. I think most NFL teams, I would say pretty confidently that every NFL team has an analytics staffer, whether it's a, you know, full team of, you know, four or five people or just one. Um, but there's, you know, somebody in the NFL for every team, you know, in college, it's a little bit more, it's a little less common, I'd say. And so a little bit, I'm just kind of, you know, creating my role as I, as I see it. Um, you know, but for me, I think there are three main areas where recruiting or sorry, where analytics can be used in, in college. One is in recruiting, right? Um, you know, it's such a huge aspect. You want to be able to attract top talent. And so, you know, using any sort of data or numbers that can help increase your abilities, recruiting is huge. Um, the next one is like game day. And so we can talk a little bit more about what your question there was, but, you know, game day is any sort of data and information that can help, you know, you win or lose on game day is, is huge. Every victory counts and, um, you know, is, is a big deal, you know, especially in, in our conference, ACC, the, you know, coastal is really just chaotic every year. You know, it's been, before this year, we had, you know, everybody all in the same thing, but we had seven different winners the last seven years in the ACC Coastal. And so it's, it's pretty, you know, neck and neck year to year. So each individual game is, is so important and impactful on, you know, your, your chances to win your division. So, you know, we utilize stats and analytics in-game. You know, we have an in-game decision model that we've built that helps us with fourth down decisions and, two point decisions and, you know, other kind of game planning things, you know, timeout usage and things like that. Uh, but then also a lot of statistics and, and, you know, analytics goes into game planning, um, you know, how you look at your opponent, how you look at yourself, the things that you're good at, the things that you should focus on. Uh, you know, I'm working on a big project right now on kind of revamping our team goals and our, you know, we call them our pillars for our game. And, you know, the, the amount of data and study that goes into what is actually important on game day and what you should focus on, um, you know, so that also leads into game day. Um, so for me and, and myself, my role is, is I'm kind of in that analytics book in conversations with our coaches on, hey, this is an opportunity we should be going for it, or, you know, we should be going for two in this situation. Um, you know, hey, this would be a time where a timeout would be good. This is when we should use them. And yeah, and then I work mainly with our offensive staff. And so helping collect stats or data or anything that's kind of like a, a game by game goal for our, our staff is, is what I'm doing on game day. Uh, and then the last area that I see, so we have recruiting, kind of the game day game feel you know, what I would call like football, but then there's the last one is kind of sports science. So strength and conditioning, player wellness, player tracking, that kind of stuff. And so, you know, utilizing any data there to help, you know, keep players safe and strong and ready to, you know, perform their best on game day. So you don't get an off season, do you? Uh, I mean, I get an off season from something, <laughs> so, uh, you know, cause I never, find... I never would have guessed that piece about the off season and the data analysis about the players and the training part. 
Yeah. So there's, you know, there's always a chance at the end of the year to kind of re recover and, you know, get ready for the, the grind of the next year. But, you know, there's always some data somewhere in our program that can be analyzed and, you know, looked at and trying to, you know, get the most out of, out of our program. We're here with uh, coach Matthew Edwards from the university of Virginia, director of football analytics coach. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. Why do you think analytics in football hasn't necessarily reached the college game as quick as it has in the NFL and as being the director of football analytics, what, what, what are the big benefits you see that come from, you know, focusing on analytics and making that kind of a important piece of your system? I think that a lot of college teams are run by people who have grown up in college and have sort of always done things a certain way and analytics, you know, staffers and and stuff has just not really been a part of that. Um, And, you know, mainstream has really caught the attention of recruiting, right? You see all sorts of like creative teams that are, you know, making Twitter gram, you know, Twitter photos and videos and all sort of content to, you know, try and work in recruiting or to promote your program. And that's a a pretty like visual thing where a coach can say, Hey, we're not doing that. We need to do that. Um, you know, I think most people have have kind of caught the vision for, you know, strength and conditioning. They realize that that's important. And so that aspect is, you know, kind of always been there. Um, but I think the analytics is it's, it's coming, you know, there are a couple of like third party programs that sell analytic things to, you know, teams pro football focus, I think has most of FBS teams as, as clients. And there are a few others, but they haven't really seen how like a full dedicated team can benefit yet. Um, and so I think that it's, it's coming. Um, you know, I think you'll start to see people with my role, uh, you know, more commonly soon. Um, but yeah, I think that, like I mentioned earlier, just you know, there, the amount of money that is put into things like recruit recruiting and strength and conditioning. Um, you know, you look at some of those sec schools, recruiting budgets, you know, it's, it's in the millions of dollars per year and they're trying to attack top talent, which is awesome. But then how do you utilize that top talent? Right. So, you know, having top talent is going to help you win games and that's important, right? You want to obviously win games and that's going to, you know, continue your ability to be employed, but then also, you know, that's, that's what we're all trying to do. Um, but then analytics, I think can be that, that piece that can help push you over the edge of, we have this great talent, you know, we have these good schemes. Now, what, what are those maybe missing things or just like kind of small incremental changes that can affect a game um, that can, you know, kind of be that, difference between a, a close win and a close loss that's incredible coach i i need to dive into your head for just a minute i i mean <laughs> all right let's hear it i i had i had no idea where we were we were going with analytics man you've got me really intrigued though i want to get inside your head for a minute here i'm not sure you do but we'll see <laughs> i i'm debating actually because you are you are a math major so <laughs> i i am debating that just a little bit um so are you so let's go to game day for a minute 
You've already okay. done you've already done all your work during the week. The mm-hmm. the work is in front of you. It's been I'm guessing Sunday, Monday it's been presented to the coaches. Um they've they've yeah, looked Sunday, they've, Monday, Tuesday. Okay. So like a 3-day install basically. Yeah, it just depends on on information and and when the coaches utilize it in game planning, but Okay. Now, game day. It, let's let's pretend it's a Saturday noon kickoff. I love East Coast noon kickoffs. Sun's high. Down there in Virginia, you're probably kicking it at about 75, 80 degrees, humidity. It does sound nice, yeah. <laughs> and are you on the headset with the offensive coordinator, with the head coach? What is the relationship on game day? Are you in their ear? Uh, yeah, so I'm on the headset talking to coaches um, and really just giving them information. You know, yeah. each year is a little bit different. Um, but I'm helping get them, yeah, actionable information. You know, we, uh-huh. we have a, a plan and things that are set up of, of when I can and should help them get information. Uh-huh. Um, and so, yeah, it's sort of, like you said, the work's already been done and we've got a pretty good thing going on when I can get them information and yeah, just kind of go through the plan as, as much as we can. Now I know our head coach is also calling our plays and we've got a guy upstairs and I'm, I'm on the field signaling plays uh, from what the head coach tells us. So when you're upstairs and you point them in an, in an area or a direction, Hey, Hey coach, the, the chart says this coach, the data says this, when they go with what you say, now I realize year one, when you were learning the position, building the position might've been a different feeling versus now four years in, man, when they take your info and go with it, does your heart just drop? Are you nervous watching that play? What's going through <laughs> your mind? Uh, depends on how, you know, close the game is or how close <laughs> the decision is. There are times where I'm like, man, this is obvious. We need to go for it. So even if uh-huh. we miss it, I'm like, whatever, like yeah. we need to go for it. It's so obvious. Um, but yeah, there, there are times where, you know, I think just like any, any role or job, an offensive coordinator calls a play and he's a little anxious on, are we going to have protection here or, you know, defensive coordinator, this blitz, is it going to make it there? And so I think, you know, there's, there's definitely a, an aspect of that, but like you said, as you get into it and get rolling, it gets a little more comfortable and, you know, you kind of settle into your role and how it feels and, and what you're doing. Is there a call that you can remember? And I, I don't, I don't care if it was year one versus year, year three, year four, whatever that you remember saying, Hey, coach data shows this. They take that ad- advisement. They implement it. They, they run the play. It works. Coach, great call. Great job. And, and just, wow, that was a game changer. Is there anything that stands out? Um, you know, I think because coach Mendenhall is so into it, um, you know, it's, it's obviously it's his decision, right? He's the head coach. Um, you know, a, a time comes to mind this year where we were playing North Carolina, we were up 44, 41. We had like two minutes left. And we'd been stopped on third down and it was like fourth and four on our own, like 30, 30 ish, 35. Um, but we had not stopped Carolina really all day. They hadn't punted, you know, we'd forced them to turn it over a few times. Um, but, you know, coach Mendenhall in his mind, it was like, all right, 
you know, we should, we should go for it. Um, and now are we going to have our best chance offensively or by doing like a, a fake punt? So that was part of our discussion. You know, we ended up doing a fake punt and we got it and was able to, you know, kneel it out and win the game. But those, yeah, those decisions, that's, that's heavy, <laughs> heavy duty for the head coach and, and, you know, a lot to think about. So lucky to be with coach Mendenhall who values what I do and, and kind of my input, but then, oh yeah, that's, that's his decision all the way. That's awesome. It's, it's so interesting to hear. And I'm telling you right now, I feel like I could go another half hour asking more, more of these questions. Um, <laughs> I, I'm someone who at work in my work environment, we've really started to use a lot of data. What we've really harped on with our community, uh, both serving our community and with our staff is being data guided. We've really harped on being data guided because at some point, like coach, like like coach was doing with you guys. At some point, you got to be the head coach, and you got to say, "I know, I know what the, the the chart says. We're not going for it, though. We're we're going to punt the ball." So we've really focused on a data guided approach um, in our work environment. So this this you can copy and paste a lot of data driven, data guided information all the way to the workforce too. So this has been great to hear. I appreciate all your insight there. Um, I, I want to switch our focus for a quick minute and talk about adversity. Adversity is always a huge part of our show and what we like to learn about, uh, about stuff coaches have faced, uh, growing up, uh, whether it was, you know, growing up and being a student athlete or whether it's been as an adult, uh, business world, what have you. So with that coach, we'd like to talk about what is one of the biggest adversities that you faced uh, in life and how did you overcome it? And what did you learn from it? Um, so this is a little tricky. I feel like I'm sort of cheating because it's not necessarily an adversity that I went through. Um, so just about just over four years ago, our oldest son was diagnosed with leukemia. And so he was just, you know, 19 months old and we had no clue what you know, our life was going to be like, and so had to make, you know, quite a few decisions professionally, you know, had to turn down some jobs, had to change jobs, had to, you know, live away from where we were from as he was getting some treatment. And so, uh, you know, it's, it, like I said, I, it's kind of cheating because, you know, I wasn't going through all the things that my son went through but it was a, you know, pretty challenging time for our family. Um, and so to, you know, be able to find the things that were most important, um, was, was key and to be able to have kind of a, I would say a farther time frame outlook, um, was really beneficial. Cause we knew, you know, as, as we started, it would be a long, a long road and the first little bit's pretty, it's pretty hard on the little kids. And so, yeah, I think that, <laughs> I don't know if that answers your question, but that's, you know, I'd, I'd say that's kind of a, been a, a life changer for us. And coach, how, how are things now? Uh, good. So he finished up his treatment last April. And so it was, you know, three and a half years of treatment and 
he's in, you know, cancer free and, and everything's been really good. You know, we have great doctors here at, at UVA. And so, you know, that was another reason we we felt really lucky to be here. You know, we were able to get this job um, about four or five months after our oldest son was, was diagnosed. And so uh, we were able to move closer to the hospital here and so we've we've been really blessed and have had a lot of uh, you know kind of miracles happen in our life and yeah things have been going really well with him so thanks for asking, Coach. That's a huge adversity for the whole family and uh, you know God bless that you guys were able to get it taken care of, get the right medical team involved and and have that core strength of family to keep you guys together. Uh, we'll we'll definitely keep you guys in our prayers as we continue to go down this path. I'm, I'm really happy to hear that things went good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Coach. Thank you so much for sharing with us that. And, um, just want to echo Coach Chaddock. Really happy things are going well for your son, and and uh, hopefully we keep it that way. Um, you know, we won't want to keep any more of your time. Uh, but uh, the last thing we want to ask is, um, it, it's uh, besides the question that Coach Chaddock asked. These the last two questions are sort of our are what we focus on the most on the show. And um, obviously, as we um, go through our careers and we grow up, we obviously don't do it by ourselves. And there's so many people that impact us and influence us uh, in, in good ways. And uh, I want to ask you, who are some mentors that you look up to? Obviously, you've spoken a lot about Coach Mendenhall, which I'm, uh, I'm sure he's a big one. But um, who are some, some you know, leaders and, and mentors you've looked up to? And, and what do they teach you? And how, what effect did they have on you? Yeah, like you mentioned, you know, Coach Mendenhall, he was my college head coach and you know now my boss and so you know I've been around him a lot and so I'd say definitely him um, on the kind of football uh, side of things and he is he is someone who cares a lot about football and winning and losing and it means a lot to him but he hasn't lost sight of you know the importance of people and building you know, young men. And so his ability to kind of balance football and academics and learning and family and hobbies and interests has been uh, a great example for me as I've kind of grown up, you know, watching him as a coach and then watching him kind of, like I said, yeah, as a boss now, um, you know, my, like I mentioned, my grandpa coached for 40 years and he's passed now. He passed, you know, five or six years ago now, but to, you know, kind of see the success that he had and, and trying to, you know, follow the things that I've heard about him and how he was around the game of football. Um, so I'd say those two are kind of my main football mentors. And then you know, my new role in, in analytics, I have people that I look up to and follow. And, um, you know, I think that one was a actually a classmate of mine who then got a job working in data and, you know, works not in sports, but is really, you know, technically pretty sound and um, somebody that I will lean on for analytics advice. So I've got a few of those as well. But um, yeah, football wise, probably coach Mendenhall and, and my grandpa are, are the main two. Yeah. It's really cool to hear that you, uh, you know, analytics, it's, 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 it's new in football, but it's good to hear, you know, you, you have to take advice from people and other using analytics in other field too, and, and kind of 
pick it, pick their brains a little bit and see and relate it. And it can be difficult, but it's, it's, it's really awesome to see those blends. Cause you know, just in this show, we've had guests from all different kinds of fields, but our focus is on leadership and motivational, you know, character stuff and you can find it in all different fields. So analytics too, you can pick and choose all right, this guy in the tech field. I'm, I'm going to use this analytic and see how it could work here in football. So that's, that's really cool to hear. That's definitely what we're about. Coach, um, coach Edwards, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, to, to join us on the podcast. It was uh, really, really eye opening and, and, and to learn about analytics and, and to hear you share a little bit about yourself and, and your background we, on behalf of coach Chaddock and I we really want to thank you for taking time out and joining us. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Take care, coach. See ya. Amazing conversation right there. I mean, I think it speaks for itself how incredible that was. Coach Matthew Edwards, thank you so much for taking time out. Director of Analytics of University of Virginia. You you hear that title and it's it's a big, that's big. What does that mean? And then you find out about it and you're like, yeah, it's no joke. Um, the guy is relentless. I mean, my goodness. I mean, and what a, what a strong character, what a poise coach he seems to, seems to be and, and knowledgeable. Um, he seems to be, he seems like the kind of guy that would be so calm under pressure and I could be wrong, but he seems like that kind of, and what a perfect guy when it comes to being the director of analytics. I mean, they Coach, when you mentioned the pressure questions about do you feel the pressure, you know, do you get that right? He just seems very even keel about it all. And and I think that's kind of when you talk, when you talk about emotion in in the moment of things, what a perfect kind of emotional being to have than a calm person who's going to tell you what needs to be. And that is what analytics is. No, there's, there's no subjectiveness in um in, in, in analytics it's it's right to the point um oh it's objective i might have ruined i might be confusing the two terms either way i need to check my dictionary but how straightforward there's no there's no bias in analytics right it just shows you what the numbers are and you need to be that when when you're under the pressure um again i, I want to highlight both me and you coach we didn't know um, about his is about his eldest son and about what their struggles went through. That was that was actually just we we didn't know. We we put the question out there of talk about adversity. They say sounds good, coach. It, it looks good to me, and and we don't really know what what they're going to speak about. That was um, I, I first of all very appreciate his openness to to speak about that, and 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 secondly, I mean what. I mean, being a football coach in college is a is a twenty four seven, maybe tw- thirty. You know, you're working thirty six hours a day. It's not twenty four hours a day kind of kind of work. I mean, you are on the clock all the time, and and I don't know myself um, what that's like. But when you have a it's such an impactful, such a scary uh, moment happen in your family. It really, like you said, it puts things in perspective. You re, you start realizing the things that are important in life, and and man, yeah, football is just a game. But in the, I'll always go back to it. Football teaches us about life and how to handle challenges. I mean, football is a game where you get knocked down on your back twelve times and you have to get back up thirteen. And it's not it's not a game that teaches you that. And and I being being ready for that, you're never ready for such a thing like that. 
um, having a baby is supposed to be the happiest thing and, and worryless kind of thing at the start of things. And when you deal with such a moment, it's, it's, I don't know how, you know, you can handle that as a coach, but coach Edwards kind of the, also the, the selflessness of saying it's not something I went through because I, I didn't go through that. Um, it really shows his character. And really spoke to who he is as a person, not not only just a coach. And you can tell he has that same impact in, in, in his locker room. And I guarantee he has a, such a strong impact at home. So, you know, amazing to hear hear from Coach Edwards. I, I was just blown away um, by that conversation. Go, go Kaz, woohoo, you know, that I, I love it. He had the uh, the hat. I need to get I need to get one of those hats. It's a sweet hat he's got on. But Coach Shaddock, I, I rambled on a little bit there. What what was your what was your takeaways from uh, Coach Edwards. The first thing I'll point out is I did level a little bit of restraint from asking about 900 more questions. Sure. Because I was trying to acknowledge the fact that, you know, poor Coach Edwards, he had to actually go back to work, you know, and I didn't <laughs> want to keep him on the horn here all day. I could have went in about 5,000 more questions, though, trying to learn about analytics and how it drives his job. I want to... I want to be very open with our listeners and say, you know, we did not dive into any questions about who his grandfather was. And he went <laughs> to BYU and he was a walk-on. His grandfather was Lavelle Edwards, legendary head coach from BYU. I believe the stadium is named after him. And I was looking up some stuff. So off air, we, we were talking about that for a quick minute. What a statistic. He started there as an assistant coach in 1962. 1972 became the head coach, retired in 2000. 1962 to 2000. I'm not good at math. 38, coach. I think that's 38 years, though. 38. 38 years at one place. No less. That's incredible. That is absolutely incredible. Overall about, record of 257 loyalty. and 101. 257 and 101. Talk about and loyalty three ties. and success. Three ties. That's excellence. And I bet you he's still ticked off about those ties as well as the I bet, yeah. losses. So I want, I want to highlight the fact that what – what a coach, uh, you know, Coach Matthew Edwards, what what a guy to say, hey, I want to go to BYU. I'm going to walk on to the program. And he told us his his big statistic of the one catch for nine yards and a touchdown. Great averages. Unbelievable. I, I love it. I love it. You know, so I want to highlight that. He wasn't afraid to go in and walk on. He didn't expect the world to be handed to him because of who his grandfather was. He went and worked his butt off, earned a little bit of time. He knew where he was. And developed his passion further and decided he was going to get into coaching. So I really want to commend him for that. It, it's, it's, it's so easy in our society today where people just expect something to be handed to them because of who they know. And in other cases, Oh, I worked really hard for a month. <laughs> Shouldn't I get the opportunity now? I worked really hard for a month and now I want to fast forward. You take the, the work ethic that it took for him to be able to get on that team, become a walk-on, make the team, and eventually get a little bit of playing time. Then you incorporate this to UVA, where 
University of Virginia, he's coming into a data analytics position that they're not even 100% sure where they're going with it. And he is being brought in. They and he and of course we hear the story of him being brought in. We hear what his position is. Then later, when we go into the adversity, we learn that all the adversity was going on when he accepted the position. We didn't know that in the beginning, so we're 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 you know twenty minutes into an interview going through this stuff and didn't even know that. You know, talk about a guy who just continues to work through. He could have easily reversed that stuff, just keeps working through. And in that process, he creates the future of his position. He didn't just say, okay, I'm going to take the position and do exactly what I want, uh, what I want to get done to show them we, we, that I can meet their expectation of these couple of things they have on a checklist. He said, no, no, no. I want to show them how valuable this position can be, and I'm going to start expanding it makes himself more valuable to that particular organization. Kudos to him for jumping out on a limb and taking that chance and then not being satisfied with saying, okay, hey, I got it. I know I'm going to do this because that's what they want done and I'm going to end there. He put himself out there, took opportunity and continued to essentially build a position. And I hope our listeners are getting the point of me harping on this because so many people just get into a role and they want to be promoted or get a raise after two months. That's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. And don't tell me it's all, well, don't make us work hard because your generation had to work hard. Mm -hmm. No, that's crap. Get out of here with that. People have to work hard because they have to become invested into something. They have to learn a job. They have to continue to advance and grow. And that's what Coach Edwards has done. I'm curious where he's going to end up down the road. He's been there four years now. My goodness, this guy is a lot of potential ahead. I'm curious where he's going to end up going. And, you know, I, I really think to his his family and what they were going through at the time when they went to UVA. And, um, you know, being at, you know, University of Virginia, he said it was a great move for him and his family, and they got the care they needed for their son. And, you know, I'm I'm very grateful that that they were able to do that, and more and, and moreover that he was able to share that story with us, because mm-hmm. that's a deep story. That's hard to share. He opened up, really went deep with us on that, and you know it's scary. It's really scary. His son's doing good now, and it shows you, hey, he he was going through the scariest time in his life, and yet he had to show up every day to work, and he had to have a head coach that was a solid leader who believed in family to take the investment in him knowing their situation. Mm-hmm. Kudos to the whole program for being able to rally around somebody. That that's that's big, that's meaningful and you know if you're a college recruit there's your wow factor. There's the only wow factor you need. These coaches are going to take care of you like family. They're going to make sure you're taken care of parents out there. They're going to make sure your kids taken care of. There's your selling point. Talk about Two, our last two guests being two very special individuals and innovative. And you know how tough it is in this day and age to be an innovative person, let alone something in a game that's been around for almost 100 years, if not longer. I mean, you, you, it is so difficult to invent anything these days. And, and then to be a part of something that's new these days is so taboo um, unless you see some sort of success, unless you get people jumping on the train. You know, it's just not... 
popular. And I I commend both Coach Nick Davis and, and Coach Matthew Edwards for, for being those stepping stones, guinea pigs, whatever you want to call them, to just kind of jump in the fire and be like, no, you know what, this is important, and we're going to find a way to you know make it important and, and use it to its best abilities, of its best abilities, and I think they've done a great job of it. Um, you never know what's going on in someone's life. You never know what's going on behind the scenes. You never know uh, where someone came from, their experiences, their whatever the heck it is. So you have to take that stuff with a grain of salt. We see these coaches – on TV all the time and we just say a bunch of this that and the other about them and we don't really know what's what's going on um it's it's you don't it's know tough. the person you don't know the person I didn't like that call headset. on third down and eight you know? that's what you that's what you see <laughs> exactly I didn't like the third and eight call oh I didn't didn't realize he cared so much about those players though they, they pretty much see him as a, as a video game as a button you know the, the the bad play call, bad execution. They just treat anyone like that when you see it on TV, and you don't know the person. We're all human beings, and there's some. You know, I think it takes a special human being to be able to do what these gentlemen um, and women, uh, which is awesome to see in in the league these days, do. I mean, it's 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 not it's not easy. Football is a very demanding. It's a it's a privilege to be able to coach and play and and be a part of football. But man, it, it, is it a demanding? demanding job profession career as you move up in the ranks and as you move up in levels and it's no joke and then the and yet these are still people and they dedicate their lives to try and impacting others and yet they have their own lives to worry about behind the scenes i'm not saying they're heroes i'm not saying they're fighting front lines but they are people and they are impactful people they are leaders and it's important to understand that they are people um I appreciate you, Coach Edwards. Thank you for coming on the show. Coach Chaddock, you're the man as always. Um, ex- excited for what's in store. Excited for what has been. And, and just get, we'll keep driving forward. And you know what? We don't need a studio. We just adapt with what we got to what we gotta do. So uh, I'm, at least I'm glad I caught you before you moved out to Ohio so we could set out. That made it a lot easier. I'm not going to lie. But I was being able to set it up at least before you went to Ohio. Was uh, If you're out there in Ohio, it might have been a little more difficult. But nonetheless, we've it's been, it's been a pleasure thus far. And I think we've made it clear that um, we can do this podcast no matter what comes, comes in the way. So we'll continue to do that. Please be sure to check out our YouTube channel. For all our interviews, put a face to the name and you can check uh, check it out. Please click that big red button. Like the video. Click the big red subscription button. Um, it really helps us out. Throw a, throw a like on uh, social medias. Third and 30 podcast. Throw, drop, a, drop a line. Um, drop a suggestion of a guest. If there's someone you really think would would uh, benefit from being on the show and there's someone that we should highlight and showcase, please. Um, please let us know. But... Uh, uh, check us out on social media. Check us out on all your major, wherever you find your podcast, you can find us. So r- recommend us to a friend and let them know wherever you listen to your stuff, Third and 30 is on it. So uh, be sure to check us out wherever you listen to your podcast. My name is Coach Praveen Machbogada, and that is my co-host, Coach Jason Chaddock. And this is the Third and 30 Podcast.